everyone. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I'm your host, JP. As always, joining me, the tenacious one who's growing out his hair, Nick Martin. That's why I'm wearing a hat, JP, because it looks like crap. Oh, I thought you were uh, I supporting. Like freaking chia pet. I thought you were supporting our sponsor. <laughs> well, I'm doing that too, but yeah, hiding the chia pet that I got going on here. <laughs> oh, good to see you as always, brother. Joining us today is an amazing musician, and of course, He's a dad, which is, you know, a prerequisite for being on this show. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Dan Rodriguez. How are you, man? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, buddy. How So first of all, let me uh, give you a little little uh, rundown on what DadCast is all about and what we can expect here over the next hour. Um, first of all, obviously, we try to stay all things dad, um, but occasionally we go off the rails on our episodes. And by occasionally, I mean every single one. So we, you know, we'll talk dad and then, you know, we'll get into the life of you and of course us and how things relate and, you know, we'll see where the hour takes us, man. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Right on. All right. First question. It is a prerequisite. I'm pretty sure I already know the answer, but we do it anyway. Dan, are you a dad? I'm a dad. All right. How many kids you got, man? Ages, names, what do they do? Talk to us. There's uh there's two that I know of. Uh, <laughs> their names are Oak and Alder, and they're five and two, and uh, they they really love music and they really love each other and uh, they really love outside. They're very outdoors kids, and uh, and so that's really good. And uh, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a dad, and those are my two little biscuits. Oak and Alder are they both boys? Two little boys, yeah. That is, uh, I'm going to lie, you now hold the, the award for most unique names for children we've had of dads on DadCast. Oak and all yeah. that. Is it spelled O-A-K? Yeah, yeah, like the trees. That's awesome. I I, I really, really like that name. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. I they're mean, both strong names, and, yeah. and they're both. Come here, Oak. Both, Rawr, you know, it's. That are native to Minnesota here, too, so. Ah, so that leads to another question. You were in Minnesota right now. Yeah, yeah, I live in Minneapolis. What's outside your window right there? Is that one of those really cool Zoom backdrops? Or yeah, do you live? We're, we're in my million-dollar beach house right now, <laughs> where, where, where the ocean doesn't move and the pedestrian stays completely still for the entire hour. <laughs> I dig it. I'm in my <laughs> humble house in the suburbs, so there's that. I, I, where, I, where, where's home for you guys again? Southern Oregon. I'm in Medford. He's in Grants Pass. We're just a few miles north of the California border, basically on the I-5 here. I got to get out that way again. I miss Oregon. Yeah, you do. Oregon. You got to play some shows, man. The world is opening up somewhat. No, we, were we were scheduled to play at the, the some play, I forget what it was called, the White Eagle Saloon in, in Portland. Okay. Hmm. Is that a place? I don't know. It, it sounds like Portland is super far north from where we're at. I mean, Portland is about as far away as you can get in Oregon from where we're at. And right. uh, so, you know, and, and, if you watched any of our episodes in the past, you know that while Portland is very eclectic and an awesome town, it's still Portland and you. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, I live in Minneapolis, which is just the Midwestern version of Portland. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's the politics, which we won't get into, that no. uh, is real, real, very, it's diverse. We'll put it that way. And by diverse, I mean not. I mean, that little <laughs> tiny hole of Portland is the most of the population of Oregon and they speak for the rest of Oregon, but they don't, if you know, if you catch my drift. Yeah. Well, at least I know to say Oregon and not Oregon. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I correct people. Like I'll be watching, you know, a sports team and they're talking about that players. He came from Oregon. It's like, Oh, not Oregon. <laughs> and anywho. So Oak and Alder, that, Oak and Alder. that is, I still can't get over how awesome those names are. Um, you said they're into music. Do they are are they of the age yet? I know the two year old, no way, but is the five year old realized that dad is a rock star? And my five year old is a rock star. He uh, he's been on stage in front of thousands of people playing with me. We, bring, oh. we got him his little little guitars, and he had his little kid guitar, and he came up, and then he was three years old. He was on stage in front of eight thousand people when we opened for OAR in Milwaukee, and he's just. Nice. I got a photo of, the, of us on stage with a huge crowd right in front and it's a picture from behind and it's me and him on stage just rocking out. And it's one of my favorite pictures. Isn't, he's, exactly. I've got a picture. Uh, it's right up there. We can't show it, 
But uh, you know what? I can actually grab it. I'm going to get it in a little in a minute. But it's yeah. basically, you know, I, I've worked in radio for, gosh, 20 years of my life. Um, I still do it. And part of that job is obviously, as you you know, introducing bands when they're sponsored by our particular radio station or whatever at a show. So many, many times I go on stage and introduce the band that's coming up in front of thousands of people. And same thing. I got a picture that uh, someone sent to me. My boy was about a year and a half, two years old. It's the first time I ever brought him on stage with me. And yeah. again, one of my favorite pictures of all time. And he swears he remembers it happening. I'm like, eh, I'm not so sure about that kid. But yeah, man, isn't isn't it great how, how your perspective changes? That's just that is it's a beautiful thing, man. It's the best. All right, Nick. Yep. You, you, what are you doing over there, buddy? I'm just listening right now. All your great stories. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, just, you know, kind of on the same lines. It's, it's awesome. I do. I'm a concert promoter on the side. So bringing the kids to the shows and having them come out, meet the bands and get out in front of thousands of people and introduce the bands. It's, it's freaking awesome. It's so much cooler doing it with them than, you know, just being there by myself. So yeah. it's, it's just it's way more cool to it's bring real them out and experience. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. Oh, you're uh, good, man. <laughs> it, Zoom, man. It's difficult. Oh, I know. Um, but Oak Oak was a green a green room baby for sure. I mean, he was just, for, from the day he was born, uh, he was just surrounded by music. I mean, uh, <laughs> we, so we had both of our babies at home. And uh, and on that, fir- that first week, my wife stayed upstairs. She didn't come downstairs. And we, I prepped every meal and we had meals upstairs and we just kind of had her kind of in this, on this, on this wonderful, beautiful time where we were just, it's just kind of just our little family. And, um, but every day I'd bring them downstairs and I'd put a new record on and we'd listen to a new record. And I was like, all right, look, I know you're three days old, but <laughs> this record, this record's called Abbey Road and it's, it's really, really great. And you need to know it. And so, like we got a lot of catching up to do right now. So we're going to get to introduce, introduce you to all this stuff, but man, that kid lives and breathes music and he's, you know, there's my wife sings with me sometimes. And so there's photos of us on stage together and she's got the baby in the baby rap and right. she's on stage singing with me. And so that's how Oak grew up and he is just a rock star on stage. And my two-year-old is not, but he, most of his life, he hasn't seen us play shows because he's only two. And we've, this whole last year, over a year right. has been good. So it's different. It's different because he's not, it's not ingrained in him in the same way because he's not around it all the time. And so hopefully when things continue to get back to normal and he starts to see it more, he adjusts back to it. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun dynamic watching those two together and, uh, and just seeing the differences in the, and just specifically with music stuff, but they're both, they both have little Lug guitars. If you're yeah. not familiar, they're great guitars for kids. And, um, and so they just strum and play and they write songs and sing in the living room all day long. And uh, we actually had, uh, so have you ever heard of the band, the Okie Dokie brothers? Mm-hmm. I can't say that I have. Every dad with, especially with young kids should know about the Okie Dokie brothers. Now they won a Grammy for like best, best kids album a few years back. And these guys are amazing. And Joe is a, one of my friends and they came over for dinner last night and uh, for the first time. And I said to Oak, I said, how, oh, it's it like having one of your, like having your like music hero come over for dinner tonight? Are you really excited about that? And he goes, well, and I said, well, and he goes, well, yeah, but he's not my music hero. And I said, well, who is? And he goes, well, you are daddy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> How is that just gave me the heebie-jeebies, That's man, a, right? That's a huge win right there. I, I said, well, you listen to him every day. And he goes, well, almost every day. But I listen to your songs every day. <laughs> that is awesome. Were you, were your parents uh, musicians into music? I mean, how did, was it, because a lot of people talk about how you're, you're born into it or it uh, just comes naturally. How did, how did you know, when did you know that that's what you wanted to do and that you had a talent, obviously, for it? Oh, that's too. Yeah. So I've to answer all those questions. We grew up, um, I was, I was a family with six kids and we were homeschooled and we were in a spot where like my parents, my folks didn't really play music, but they told us, you know, like we could pick an instrument, but we all had to take some sort of music lesson as part of our homeschooling curriculum. And, uh, and so, um, I, I did. And so I took voice lessons at uh, violin lessons first when I was like seven years old, six, seven years old. And then, uh, 
I shifted from that. I took voice lessons starting at nine, which is really young for taking voice lessons, but I'm so grateful for it because um, it's gotten to me to, to where I'm at today. I picked up drums when I was 11. I, I, I was like, I really want drums. And I, I weeded gardens and I mowed lawns and I did everything I could in the neighborhood. I put a little ad in the paper, the neighborhood paper to, you know, and I was like, if you name, you name it and I'll do it, I'll pull your weeds and I'll do this stuff. But, uh, and I'll take all that money. And I bought my first drum kit and at the end of the summer. And so my poor parents, but they let me have a drum kit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was incredible. And so then I started taking drum lessons from the guy at our church that was, was teaching me drum lessons and moved on to somebody else. And then I picked up my first guitar at 15 and that's when I knew I found the one that the one instrument that I was, that really spoke to me. So that was great. Very cool, man. If you get, uh, you know, get to work, maybe have one, two, three more kids. You got your own band right there, man. (laughs) Just saying, Hey, I'm all about like right now we're, we're, you know, it's a quartet and that's, that's a great band. (laughs) (laughs) You can get a, you know, one of those, those, vans with two two captain seats a driver's seat and passenger seat and the back can fit all of our stuff you know yeah there you have it and just pop a gopro up on that windshield there you can be the next youtube sensation the musical rodriguez family all right so going back to your question because i love answering this question the moment that i knew this is what i wanted to do um three years after i picked up my first guitar i graduated high school but before that the i graduated in 2004 and the song that was like our um, class song was John Mayer's No Such Thing. Okay. He's like, I want to run through the halls of my high school. I want to scream at the top of my lungs. So I right. auditioned to sing that song. And I had gone to this high school and it's this huge high school. Is uh, I graduated like 750 kids in my class in Clarkston High School in Michigan. And um but I auditioned to sing the class song and I, they picked me to sing it. And so I'm the new guy. I only went there junior and senior year and I show, I show up and I'm, I'm there and I'm picking out a guitar and I learned the song and I practiced it really hard and I made sure I really got it all down. But because I graduated with so many kids, there were thousands of people at this place and they held it at Pine Knob music theater, which is the giant amphitheater. It's where, it's like 10 minutes from Kid Rock's house. Uh, but like, that's where like John Mayer would play when he would come into town. And like, right. that's where I got to see the roots play and some really, really great bands. And uh, I got to stand on that stage and sing a song in front of thousands of people at 18 years old. And I remember walking, I was, I was great. It was the day I graduated. And that was the moment I went, Oh, I, I'm going to chase that moment for the rest of my life. There and it is. That's awesome. That, that, was, that was the moment that would, I went, Oh, whatever it takes, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. So that's good. And look at you, man. 15 years yeah. later, you're still doing it. Yeah. 17 years later. Close this door. One sec. All right. Take your time, man. Bring the kids in here. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm going to ask you a, uh, a question for later and, okay. and, and, it, and, and no pressure whatsoever. Usually Nick is the one who asks this question. Are you but, stealing it from me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Dick. Go ahead. I, I can't steal it from you. You ask one question a show. I can't steal. It I know. From right. You. My, my only question, can you, can you play us a song at some point? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I'll play or a song. Two. We'll, we'll go for two. Oh, oh yes. Man. We got 40 minutes left. You just want to do a concert? No, no, I'm just kidding. We going <laughs> well, to, no? play you one right now. Uh, sure. Okay. Let's do it. All we right. can do one. We can do one in a little while. I wasn't sure if I would be doing this. I should have tuned this up, but let's see. So this That's a little that's a little wonky. Let's try this other one. <laughs> I have my favorites. These are my favorites. Give him props for being the most prepared musician we've had on the show, too. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna rip your heart out. Are you ready? All right. I'll do it. Um I hope it's in a good way. Like, you know, happy tears. Yeah, 100%. So um, I wrote this song because in 2019, I did 138 shows out of town. And that didn't include all the travel days. And so I was gone a lot. And we had a new baby. And I didn't get to really see a whole lot of him growing up in that time because I was in and out of town so much. And um, I was on an airplane. I'd been gone for almost a whole full month. And I hadn't been home. And when they're, when your kids are that little... My goodness, they changed so fast. And, you know, I was I was on an airplane. I was flying home for the first time. And I was thinking about how 
whenever I'm gone for even three, four weeks, I come home and they're taller. There's less baby fat on their faces. And they just look like more like boys than babies. And, uh, they're saying more things and doing more things. And, uh, every time it makes me realize how much I've missed out on. Now I got to see both of their first steps, but it wasn't, that wasn't even a guarantee because of how much I was traveling. And so it was kind of like, okay, uh, what's going to be different now? What, What did I miss out on when I was gone? And I'm on this airplane and I started to cry thinking about that. And which is, inappropriate to do on an airplane. <laughs> and I look, I look over to the guy next to me and there's a seat in between us. And then this dude, and thankfully for him, thankfully for him, he was, uh, he was asleep because <laughs> if I was on an airplane and sitting next to a dude and he just started crying, right. Like, please move seats. <laughs> Get me out of here. Uh, the one, the only seat available is next to a crying baby. I would rather do that. Please. Can we do that? <laughs> a grown man crying? I don't want to sit next to him. I'm there's sorry, there's know. an emotionally unstable guy right here. Uh, this is a scary. Yeah, I get it. But so I was like, oh, thank goodness he's asleep. And I'm just like trying to hold it all back. And I had this song idea that had been bubbling up for quite a while. And it all came to a head on this, on this Delta flight. And so um, I, I, you can't pull out your guitar and write a song, but I had to write a song. I had to get this song out and it was, it was happening so fast. And, um, usually it can take several hours for me to finish a song, to write a song from top, top to bottom. Um, and with all the edits and all the things I want to do this song, I wrote, I wrote this faster than I've written most songs. I probably wrote it in 20 minutes. I didn't, I couldn't play. I just sang a melody in my head and I typed out the lyrics as fast as I could on my phone. And I got home and I, had been gone for a month. And one of the first things I said, I was like, Hey, I got to show you a song. And my wife is bless her. She's so sweet. She's She goes right, right now. <laughs> just, just got home. And I was like, yeah, I need to know what this sounds like. And she was like, what? And so I explained that to her. And when I sat in the kitchen, I pulled my guitar out and I played the song and we both just cried in the kitchen about it. Um, but this is my love letter to my kids because my fear is that when I'm gone that much and being gone so much, um, I don't want them to resent me for just being gone all the time. And that's my, like, that's one of my biggest fears with, with, with this whole thing. And my hope, one of my biggest hopes is that they'll see dad uh, following his dreams and, and following his heart and doing what he feels he's called to do. And that can be an example for them to do the same in their own lives. That's the pickle, isn't it? So it's a weird balance. All of us. Yeah. At the same time, I am gone. And so I'm choosing to be gone. And that's hard. So um, I, I wrote them an open letter and in the form of a song to my kids. And uh, it goes like this. By the way, I have friends who are, um, I have one friend specifically, he he had a baby and then got he got deployed. Uh, he's a pilot in the Air Force and got deployed right after his baby was born. And he missed that whole first year completely. Yeah, and so. I go for three, four weeks at a time and I complain about that, but it's nothing compared to the folks that are sacrificing that, that part of their lives for doing that job. And so anybody listening out there, um, if that's you, the song is out to you. Uh, thank you. I'm so sorry. I've been away for far too long. Carrying my songs across the land and sea Can you forgive me? Cause right now I can't forgive myself For choosing something else over you and me Well people say it must be hard But they don't really know How it feels to come back home And see how much you've grown And although this is our normal And it's the only life you've known I'm so tired of being daddy through the phone Mama told me That you've been raising up some help That you haven't been yourself And you've been crossing lines And I'm just hoping 
that me chasing down my dreams isn't changing everything and taking from your life well people say it must be hard but they don't really know how it feels to come back home and see how much you've grown and although this is our normal and it's the only life you've known i'm so tired of being daddy through the phone and now i'm hiding shade down in a window seat and i'm trying Till the heavens call on me, I have to sing, I have to sing. People say it must be hard, but they don't really know how it feels to come back home and see how much you've grown. And although this is our normal, and it's the only life you've known. I'm so tired. And I'm sorry. I'm so tired. And I'm sorry that I'm daddy through the phone. Whew. Powerful and emotional. You ain't kidding. Uh, I wasn't messing with you. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. Dan, can I just say I'm glad you stepped on that stage when you were 18, graduating, and decided that's what you wanted to do, man. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It's not, uh, any other life sounds boring compared to what I've been able to do, so this has been great. Daddy through the phone. Yeah, mm -hmm. you put some perspective on that. You know, I, I, I do it all the time, but that's literally at the grocery store. When yeah. you think about, <laughs> in, you know, you're gone miles and miles and miles away and weeks from being there. And like you said, you know, our veterans do it for years, months on end. I heck Nick and I went to Vegas a few weeks back. He brought one of his kids. I brought one of my kids, but there was still a couple at home and it was three days and I was dying. You know, I, I literally got in the car and as we're driving away, I'm already missing them. It's, it's brutal, man. It's, it's mm -hmm. especially for the good fathers out there. You know, that's, you know, there's, there's men, and I don't understand those men who, who walk away and, and, and don't do it. I, I, I can't even imagine such a thing because how important they are. And whew, I'm emotional. You ain't kidding. I'm just trying to talk uh, my, I'm trying to talk my way through it, man. All right. <laughs> so I'd like to think I'm a good father, but I don't think I'll ever bring the baby to Vegas again. I was like, Oh wow. Is it, was it like a, an adult child or like a, an older child? But no, no, he was, he's a 10 month old baby. It's like, <laughs> not only was it hard, it was scary. There's so many people and like this kid doesn't sleep. So we had to like take him for walks on the strip and there's like thousands and thousands of people. I'm like, Oh my God, somebody's going to take him. He's cute. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, I learned, I learned a while back. Um, actually mostly I learned the hardest lesson on the top of 2020 before the world imploded that, um, not to bring my, my children on the road too often when they're that young. So yeah, <laughs> I, I tried to tell them I did. I mean, yeah. I, we played at a 38 songwriter festival down in, in Florida and the, the year prior I had been there and they set us up, they set me up. I was by myself. They set me up in this beautiful condo right next to the beach and I said to my wife, the next, I said, you know, if we do this next year, we should do it as a family vacation. So the next year it booked and I said, let's go, you know, we'll, we'll spend the mornings on the beach and we'll I'll go play shows in the late afternoon and into the evening. And then, uh, we'll do like a working vacation. We'll do the whole family thing. Well, turns out when it's January in Minnesota, it's also January in Florida. So it was about <laughs> 35 degrees and rainy. And, uh, so we didn't really do the beach thing, but, um, at least our youngest was, uh, teething. So we, uh, we also <laughs> did very well. <laughs> Whereabouts in Florida was that Dan? Uh, there was, it's on 30A. So it's that strip like between like uh Destin and Panama city beach. Okay. Uh, yeah. Super North. 
Yeah. So it's actually where Seaside is, is kind of the, the heart of it, the center of it. That's like where they filmed uh, the Truman Show. Do you remember that? Yeah, movie? yeah, 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 yeah. So my lady and I, we went, we go to Florida it, for the last four years running now, uh, Valentine's Day. So we're talking February and I'm like, you know, it's 85 degrees where we go, but yeah, way north. It's uh, yeah. yeah if you, if you get down where that Gulf Stream is, it's wild. I mean, I did that in January. I played down in uh, Jacksonville and it was about 40 degrees. Right. And you know, two and a half hours south and it was 80 degrees. Yeah, exactly. That, that Gulf Stream and there's something that changes and all of a sudden there's wild parrots flying in the trees. Yeah, iguanas whole- falling out of the trees, hitting your head. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to stay down here. This is this feels real nice. I know I say that every single time, but then again, I miss my kids. And so I think yeah, we just need to bring them with us, like you said. Yep. And you also, the other downfall is you have to deal with Floridians. <laughs> yeah. It, and the drivers, have you noticed? The, the, I don't care where you are in Florida. And I come from California in the LA streets, man, where I've never seen worse drivers uh, cur- and, and not courteous as well. I mean, they're just jerks. Sorry to everyone I, in Florida, but y'all need to figure out how to drive. All right. <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know how to broad strokes paint everybody, but I would say that has been my experience. No, I will broad stroke it, okay? I, you can tell you from me, I have yet to see a courteous driver. <laughs> but thanks for being polite, you know? Yeah. So let me ask you, I was, oh, man, I, I threw it off topic. Oh, yes, there was a rumor when we uh, booked you that Nick told me about that uh, you may be dropping a new single and that we would be maybe able to put that video out when this video releases. Is that any truth to that? Yeah, there is some truth to that. Now the single dropped on Friday, but the video drops this Friday. Okay. Um, well, the the official premiere is happening on American songwriter, but the pre premiere is happening with you guys. Sweet. Awesome. And so that video is going to be released through our venue here uh, Friday, you say? So this coming Friday. That means I have work to do. And and because of the absolute incredibly amazing technology and the magic of video editing, we're going to play that right now. Boom. And there you have it. Wasn't that awesome? (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about the part where I got away from the cop? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> we're going to make this work. Trust me. Yeah, yeah but we're going to, you know, so yeah, it's funny. If you're everyone watching this video now, you know, 30 seconds later, or maybe a year from now, um, we didn't have the video yet when we recorded this and it came in post. It's, it's good stuff. I love that. We just watched it. it the magic, amazing. the magic of editing. Right. Uh, maybe I'll put it again at the end too, just to make so we can actually. No, we still can't talk about it because I haven't seen it. Oh, this is yeah. awkward, Nick. Well, you know, this is the pickle <laughs> you put yourself in. <laughs> How have so? Speaking of which, you know, we spoke about uh, the pandemic and the last year and a half, basically, of no touring, no music, no anything. Um, that I think. I would think in, in your case was a blessing in disguise as far as when it comes to the family. Yeah. 100%. Right. Um, I feel, I feels weird. And I was having this conversation with a friend just the other day because I feel like so many people that I talk to and that I've talked to for months and months leading all the way back towards the full lockdowns and wherever everybody was locked down, man, so many people, when you talk to them, even at the grocery store, you run into somebody at the, you know, wherever you end up going and then, you know, Hey, how's it going? And then it's, Oh, you know, it's going okay. Getting through. But I feel, I felt awkward, kind of a little bit awkward this whole time. Cause when everybody asks me, I'm just honest with them. And I go, I'm so good. Yeah, I, I, I'm so good. And man, I'll tell you right now, like my wife's a stay at home mom. The only income has been me touring for years and, so when it all went away, it was very, very scary. And there was a little, there was a, a moment in time that lasted a few months that I, I don't think I've ever been that stressed out before in my life. And it was, it was frightening and it was worrisome. And um, I'm not like a, fa- a big famous dude where I have a money stored away where we can get by for and just not work for that many months. I, I just wasn't able to do that, but I, you know, we had fans that supported and it's, it's grown enough where we were really 
taken care of by people supporting on live streams and right where i you know i create i did some video things and put it out and charged tickets for it and um you know people buying bought merchandise all over my website like crazy and people were just really really supportive and then being able to do private backyard concerts in the fall and that was a big thing for us and that that got us through and we did holiday zoom concerts my wife and i sang together on them and 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 we just we did a bunch of them in december and so we we did everything we could to get through but it was because of all of the people that have been following the music and wanted to be supportive. It's because of those folks that we were able to do that and get through because boy, was it like, it was, it got dark there for a second. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but, you know, especially for musicians and restaurant owners, those are the two classified class of, you know, I classify those two and it's, I, I can only imagine, you know, I was thankfully blessed with like, I've got like four jobs um, and each of them I was still able to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. In fact, it it made my jobs easier because I could sit at home and do them. Yeah. Yeah. But so to answer your question and go back to like, aside from that, like few months where I was here at the studio working way over time and late nights trying to figure out and come up with ways to pivot and change and shift and do things. Aside from those really chaotic first few months where everything was uncertain and there were a lot of tears. uh, After that, and even be, through some of that, it was just amazing to be home and to be present and be with my children every single day and make breakfast every morning and tuck them in every night and pancakes. Not, not having that for years and then not having that ever since ever, you know, as since being coming a dad, I've never really had that, that much time. I've never been home for a full month. So it's just wild to be able to look back at this last year and think about Wow, you know the trade-off. I was talking about my 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 youngest hasn't really been on stage much because he hasn't really seen it, but he's all he's also never seen me gone that much, and so it's that's going to be a harder transition now that we're going back into shows. Right. That um, was this yeah. this snippet in time, this this moment that we've had this last year has really been. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that um, we got through it, and I'm so grateful how we got through it, and that I got to spend that much time with my family. It was really, really wonderful, especially because he's so little and like that, that lasts. So that goes so fast when they're that little. And so to be home for that, that last, this last year has been so much fun. Do you find yourself now uh, almost pre regret that now you're touring and now you got to pivot once again? I mean, no, it's the anticipation has been building for so long and I'm just so excited to get back out there and be playing more shows. I, we just announced like my first actual real tour. Um, and what is that? Where's the first show? Talk to us about that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of shows. It's across the East coast. Um, I'll pull it up right now. There's a, uh, I'm doing just East coast right now. We're working on rescheduling the West coast side. Cause all of this 2020, I was supposed to do April and May. I was going to be gone both, both months. Right. I was going to come for like eight days in between. And then um, and I was going to be gone for the whole month each time and doing a full U S tour. And so trying to reschedule that and redo all of that has been, um, I haven't done it. Agent Sarah has been doing it and she's amazing. And so, uh, but she's, we, we had to kind of shift things around, but we were able to do one half of that, which is, um, my run that we're doing in September. Now I called the tour, the, the God willing and the cases don't rise tour. And uh, uh, the first show starts in North Carolina on uh, September 11th and then goes through the 26th. So uh, lots of different places all the way up through Boston and New York and D.C. and the Carolinas and Michigan and Ohio and Wisconsin and Illinois. And so kind of going all the way over through there. So, wow, that's got to be exciting. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. Real venues. Some of the shows are full band shows, which is right. I haven't played show in a year and a half so uh i'm very excited to do that we spoke with uh mark farner who is the uh front man formerly the the main front man for grand funk railroad uh last week and same thing he's been sitting you know the last year and a half doing zoom shows and he's got a little tour set up and i mean this guy's pushing 70 if i if my math is right and uh he's still just for you guys, for what you do, that that's that is life. That is that's the blood that flows through your body, man. Is performing and and doing your thing, and now you get to do it again. Uh, and and as the guy who sits on the other side and enjoys the, pro- I can't wait, man. I 
this summer yes. finally we're going to get something, right, Nick? Yes. Yeah, come on now. Something this summer too. That's going to be awesome. I miss hugs and live music. Right. I was I was trying to figure out what that said. I misinterpreted the beginning. I'm like, does does that say I miss drugs and live music? But <laughs> I don't miss drugs. But, uh, <laughs> I don't can't miss what you already have. But uh, I um, no, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Yeah, drug- Marijuana is medicine, but don't do drugs. Yeah, uh, drugs are bad. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> and marijuana is medicine. I had a, a friend of mine worked at a venue in Milwaukee, and there was an artist that came through uh, from out of Nashville, and the guy came up to him and said, "Hey, man, you got any drugs?" And before he answered that question, I just want you to know, marijuana is medicine. You have <laughs> drugs. <laughs> right. So he wasn't looking for the weed. <laughs> uh, uh, that story makes me crack up every time. <laughs> that, that that leads into this is a nick question a typical nick question here can you tell us a and this is subjective but who is the the biggest artist you have ever shared the stage with or opened for and b nick's favorite question tell us a funny story about that <laughs> uh Great question. Um, there's some folks that I've been able to be on stage with and and sing with that have been not necessarily huge and influential for me, but they are in their own circles and in their own ways. And then other folks who has, it was just really cool to be there and 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 do that. So uh, over the years, I've just had the a chance to play with some really really great folks, but uh, and with a variety of different genres too. Surprisingly enough. Um, uh, Boy, the biggest, I don't know. I mean, probably the most well-known name, at least in the pop world. Um, I shared the stage with uh, Andy Grammer. I, I opened up for him um, when he came through town uh, a while back. Um, Nick knows Andy, personally. I do. And here's a funny story about that. So years before, I Andy and I had played together. We sh- we shared the stage where I sang song. Where there's a handful of us that were all on stage together down in Milwaukee. And... Uh, we were at Summerfest and we played the same stage together and we ended up doing a bunch of songs. We were all hanging out, playing together. And it was myself and and Andy and Ron Pope and Ari Herstand and a handful of us. And then, I don't know, eight years later or something, seven, eight years later, I uh, Andy's songs blow up and, and he becomes this huge pop sensation and comes to Minneapolis and the promoter reached out to me and said, do you want to open up? I said, I'd love to. And so we get in the, we get in there and I'm like, man, I haven't seen him in forever. We, we didn't really stay in touch and touch, but we had, we, we all hung out that weekend. We all stayed at the same place that weekend. So like, you know, that'll be a great connection. And so I walked in, I walked in and I was like, Hey man, how's it going? And he's like, Hey, I'm oh, Andy. Oh no. <laughs> now, you know, you meet a million people and I've, yeah. I'm sure I've done that to so many people as well, where I'm like, Hey, you, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> Did he realize afterwards that? No. And I wasn't going to be the dude that's like, dude, we hung out for like a weekend and you forgot. Yeah. Like, right. Clearly I wasn't memorable enough and that's on me, but, uh, that, <laughs> that to me, was, it was, oh, that was a funny moment. Those are but, always um, awkward though. Hey man. One of the coolest artists I got to to play for or play with play open up for was um I was played I was on I was on the road I was in Michigan and I just worked out to play the same venue and and do the same show as uh the Civil Wars and that's awesome they were incredible and nobody knew who they were and we played in this club for like a hundred people and then I think two or three weeks later their song hit and it just blew up. And so um, I was able to kind of stay in touch a little bit with John Paul White and um, just where we were on social, like social media, we became Facebook buddies and we exchanged phone numbers and such. Um, But I didn't really call him. I had no reason to, you know, what am I going to do? I'd be like, Hey, I remember when I opened for you and you didn't know who I was and I didn't know who you were. And (laughs) And your song blew up and now we're friends. Uh, but they came through Minneapolis and I, I did reach out when they were coming through and I, we went to the show and said hi and we hung out and with them for a little bit. Um, but I hadn't seen him in so long. And then a couple of years ago in 2019, I was down in, uh, I was at Americana Fest down in Nashville. And I was going to see some friends of mine play in a band. Um, they're from Minneapolis, but they're in a band called Cactus Blossoms. And uh, there's the Minneapolis dudes and and their brother. One of, the, one of the brothers in the band is a good friend of mine. And so I went down there and I went to go see them. 
and they were open. I didn't even know who was playing, who else was playing, but uh, they're standing there. And then I saw on the list that John Paul White was going to be playing his, his, you know, a solo show right after them. And I was like, Oh, they're opening for John. And so I go back in the green room with them afterwards and we're hanging out and John's sitting back there. And I was like, Hey man, how's it going? He goes, Hey Rodriguez, how are you? And uh, that for me was one of those moments where I was like, you know what? He needs a million people, but and, he, and I was like, Oh, I'm great, man. And uh, I'm still living in Minneapolis. And he was like, I know I keep, I, I checked in on you on, on social media and stuff. I was like, Oh, all right. Well, that's cool. You know, this, he's, he can meet a million people and he's playing the Opry. He's playing the Ryman. He's doing all these really cool things. Um, and then he remembered little old me. That was nice. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. good stuff. But the yeah, picture but, of, uh, yeah, the fact that your son is your musical hero, still better. <laughs> right? You, dad. You, you are, dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, God bless you. <laughs> I've been fishing this morning and, uh, cause we, I've been in and out of town every weekend right now. I'm playing these house concerts out of town and, um, so I have, you know, some days I'm coming home on these weekends. I'm, I'm out. I come home on Monday and like, I got home Monday and I'm leaving Thursday. And, um, so I'm just home for these little snippets and I'm playing all these backyard house concerts and he, he is breaking my heart cause he's going, no, when, how long are you here? How many nights? Mm. I know, three nights for three more nights. Oh, and I said, well, what do you want to do? We have, we have some time. What do, what do you want to do? And you want to, he said, I want to spend time just me and you. And so, um, we went fishing this morning. <laughs> so but he was catching, catching, uh, sunnies and crappies off the dock. And we just had a great time. That's uh, you need a picture of that. Someone to come with you I sitting, do, yeah. sitting on the dock with your boy fishing. I know I've got a great photo of him from when we went, um, when we went before, but here, I'll see if I can hold this one up to the camera. Cause this one is from today. I don't know. I don't know. You probably can't see it. There it is. Looking good. Look at that guy. Got his John Deere hat on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is my way of asking the lamest question that you always get anytime any musician ever goes anywhere for an interview, but this is my spin on it. I need to think, I mean, the question is, what is the question you get asked most anytime you do an interview as a musician? Oh my gosh. That's a great question. Uh, that's a really funny question. Because it's the question I want to ask you, which is I'm expecting the answer to be. So we'll see. Oh, really? Oh, um, well, I mean, I, the, in general, then it would be like, who are your biggest musical influences? Bang! And- nail on head. See? <laughs> <laughs> My answer to that is different than I think a lot of people's because of how I grew up. So um, we were homeschooled, like I mentioned earlier, but we were homeschooled for what I would say, sorry, mom, if you end up listening to this, are the wrong reasons. Uh, We were homeschooled because we grew up in a very, like, uh, things are not this way in our, like in our family anymore. But at the time, um, it was just like, it was very separatist. Uh, perspective on the world and they we were homeschooled so that we didn't learn about things like evolution or sex and so um it was less about i think they can give them a better education at home and more about i think we need to keep them out of public schools so that they don't become very sinful kids who run away from god that kind of a thing so the perspective was just it was just different and um so what one of the byproducts of that, one of the things that went along with that, that homeschooling curriculum um, based on um, very legalistic and dogmatic Christian values um, for me was uh, one of the byproducts of it was we weren't allowed to listen to music that wasn't about Jesus. And even beyond that um, there was a, a Christian band called DC talk and they were playing rock and roll. And it was like rock and roll for the first time, you know, and, and I'm listening to that and I got, I got, I got in trouble for listening to that because it was too, well, it sounds, I'm like, well, this is Christian music. It doesn't sound like Christian music. And, and I was still, I mean, I was probably 12 when I was, when I, that conversation happened. And so those are very formative years that um, are very important to me now with my kids where I go like, Oh man, those years leading up my son, I'm like, I can't do that to my kids. So my, my five-year-old, what he asked for for his birthday was ACDC on vinyl. <laughs> so you, <laughs> what's his favorite ACDC song? And he'd probably say, just sit right here. He'd be like, uh, Hell's Bells. Hell's <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if that was you in your situation growing up, right? right. This never happened. 
never would. But because, so because of that, though, my answer is different because right as an adult, I'm going through listening to records that I should have listened to as a kid. And I should have been introduced to at a younger age, but I'm going back and listening to it. Now, around that same time that I was listening to DC Talk and getting in trouble, there was also uh, the pastor's kid at my church. He uh, he played drums and he was like, you need to listen to good music. And so he made me, I got a Walkman. It was the one of that was my first one, like the, the CD Walkman. Yep. And it, it didn't even have like the anti-skip thing. So if you tapped it once, it just <laughs> it skipped it. Uh, but it was that, and I and I'd upgraded from the cassette one, and it was really exciting. Um, and he burned me a CD, and he said, "Let me know what." You, there were no names on any of it. He just sent, gave me a blank CD because I I told him I was like, I, "I can't. I'll get in trouble if it says like anything on it." He's like, "It's just a blank CD then." So he goes, "Tell me what tracks you like, and I'll I'll burn you more of that." And that had everything from like Queen and ACDC and David Bowie and um, Beastie Boys and like all this really fun, cool stuff. And so I just kind of got to diving into some of that early on. And one of the first songs I ended up learning on guitar was Space Oddity. Oh. Which was really cool. So, And uh, he also introduced me to um, Jeff Buckley's Grace album. And uh, that one was a, a life changer. That, that one was a big game changer for me. So that was a great record. No, how about how old were you when you were able to listen to whatever you wanted without any repercussion? Uh, 15. Okay. 15 years and, and what did you gravitate towards then? Uh, well, at that time, then it was uh, what a lot of my friends were listening to. Uh, and I'll just, it's a, one of my guilty pleasures even today. Oh, okay. Uh, man, I don't even know if I should say this. If it's Backstreet Boys or sync. <laughs> no, it was Blink-182. Oh, that's thing. awesome, man. I love Blink. Come on. Right there. There it is. There it is. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm with the good people. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, for me, I was like, oh, I was listening to a bunch of that stuff. And then I got into that, all the bubblegum punk stuff for a while. But I always went back to um, when I, I've, I was, I think I was 16. I heard my first John Mayer song and I was like, what is this? This is cool. What is this? And, and I'm not talking about bubblegum, John Mayer, you know, your body is a wonderland. I'm talking about, it's like ripping blues, guitar solos, the, the dude that can go on tour with grateful dead and just right. rip guitar. The whole time. I mean, uh, so for me, I was like, I want to be that guy. I want to be the dude with the guitar singing songs and making all the girls fall over, you know, all over him and want to be that guy. That's the guy I want to be. And, um, and, so, you know, I don't, I never had the, all the girls falling over me part, but, uh, well, you got the one though, right. And that's all that really matters. Got the one that matters. Uh, that's great. <laughs> have you ever been, have you ever been mistaken for Russell Brand? <laughs> Just- <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, actually I was in, a, I was in the LA airport and really? I, was at a, I was at an LA airport bar and I was taking the red eye and uh, I guess technically it's not the red eye, but it was like a midnight flight out because it was coming to Minnesota, not New York. But um, I'm sitting at the bar and this dude comes over to me and I, I'm drinking and I'm looking at my phone and he comes over and he comes kind of behind me and he goes, hey, slams his hands down on the bar. Hey, and I turn and he startled me completely. This is like, you know, it's 11 o'clock in a hotel or in an airport. And like I'm, I, my flight's not for an hour. It's like the middle of the night, essentially. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And he goes. Oh, I thought you were Russell Brown. <laughs> and I said, do you mean Russell Brand? And he goes, whatever. And they, <laughs> he was like annoyed that right. I was a person whose name he didn't even know. <laughs> uh, but I get that a lot. So people, I get like, um, I'll get Russell Brand. Um, I used to get Jack Black a lot. And then I lost 60 pounds. And then I started, I stopped getting that. And I started getting uh, Russell Brand or um, Jack Sparrow. And, uh, <laughs> which and, is a yeah. fictional character <laughs> uh, lately it's been um jason momoa which is take huge it because <laughs> that dude is uh, it's, he's a very good looking man so I'll, i will i will happily accept looking like him yeah. <laughs> how did you lose 60 pounds uh i i counted my calories and i cut back on on beers oh That's, See, Nick, what I know, we tend to sometimes get to this topic all the time. And and he's a workout machine. I don't know if you could tell, but he's a big boy. And uh, I'm a pretty big boy, too. But 
I got a big old belly, man, and I don't drink. Been a five a.m. dedication at the gym, buddy. I don't drink, so you know the cutting back of the beers part. I can't apply that to myself. Uh, it's just a matter of eating better and exercising, man. It really is, and, and everybody is different. Like, and not everybody's different. That's true, but every body is different. And but at least what I learned for myself was it literally just comes down to calories. And so, um, and I learned very quickly that you can have one slice of pizza, and that you know you're going to still be hungry, and those are very empty calories, and. And, but then I use up my calories really quickly if I'm eating stuff like that. And so then I'm going, okay, well, I can, I can eat a whole giant heaping bowl of steaming broccoli with butter all over it. And that's going to be the same amount of calories and that's going to fill me up more. And so then I'm going, okay, well, what can I do? And I learned very quickly. I ate salad every day for, for, for lunch. And I had to, you know, all these different things. And oftentimes I would um, just do just do two eggs in the morning and that was it. And then I was, I was hungry and I'm like, I'm hungry. And then I'd give myself a, big dinner and I'm not hungry anymore. And I'm like, all right, this is great. But it just came down to calories. I could spread it out however I wanted. I could eat whatever I wanted, but I learned very quickly. I'd be, I was hungry if I ate pretty empty calories. So well, there you I, have it. The Dan Rodriguez diet. I lost 60, actually I lost 65 pounds and um, I found about 20 of it back, uh, you know, 15 to 20 of it. And it's still kind of, it's just hanging out. Yeah. You can't, that's why I've, I've got it strategically cut off right about there. COVID's done us no favors. Uh, <laughs> what? I read, I read, I'm like, I'm doing okay. Cause I read that uh, as an average across the U S Americans uh, put on two pounds a month. During well, COVID. I guess I'm good then in that respect. Cause I haven't gained any weight from the time that I started. But the fact of the matter is, is I was a fat ass when it started to begin with. So, you know, here or there, you got to bounce it out. Your kids diets. Now does, do you, do you feed does oak and alder do they eat good i mean is that or is it just those little boys eat like kings and uh partly because there are restricted diets from oak has um uh, a pretty severe gluten intolerance the kid okay. busts out lives. and um and then any dairy that's not raw dairy um he same 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 problems so um he we do raw milk from a, a, a local farm here in town and we get raw like raw raw milk cheese and he's able to do those things but for the most part we eat paleo at home and those boys eat everything that's put in front of them and it's i don't i have friends who have i think we're just really lucky because we have friends who have really really picky kids we exposed both of our boys to really unique foods and like those kids will take i mean my two-year-old will take a fistful of kimchi and shove it in his mouth. He loves it. And so like, it's like stuff like that. Like they were from tons of fermented foods and things that a lot of kids don't eat. And it's just, yeah. I, I attribute it all to my wife because she's, she's the uh, proponent for all of those things. And, and I get to read the benefits of eating like that. And so, and we hunt, I, or I, I hunt, I bow hunt. And so um, this last fall I shot three deer with my bow and, and, um, they filled the freezer with a ton. So there's a ton of meat and we eat all that's really lean red meat and yeah. high, quality, high, high quality protein. And so we do a lot, we eat a lot of stuff like that. We have very few or little or to no grains and, uh, lots of, lots of veggies and lots of meat in our house. <laughs> oh, I want to come live there. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. I, and my wife's an amazing cook too. So, um, anybody listening, if you, if you are looking for a good way to, uh, like a lot of people think venison is, is not good. Oh no. And I, I, I think it's true for a lot of people for two reasons. One, it used to be like back in the day of Kings and Lords and things, uh, that was peasant food. Like that's what the peasants went and shot because they couldn't afford beef. And so it was kind of looked frowned on upon for generations. And then now it's a little bit more of like the blue collar meat still, you know, it's like, those are the folks that are going out, the the hicks that go out hunting and do this or that. But, you know, you, you find a good chef in some of these restaurants with wild game and you can have some incredible meals. And so there's a guy named Hank Shaw. He's got a book, a cookbook, a venison cookbook called Buck, Buck Moose. And, uh, and it's like for elk and moose and venison. And um, my goodness, that's changed the game for all of us. So we, we, we eat like, I, I eat like a king on a regular basis because we just have amazing food. When I used to uh, live in Southern California and making our, you know, semi-annual pilgrimages to Vegas, there was a 
a shack on the side of the road in the middle of the desert with nothing around it that sold jerky. And venison jerky was what I always gravitated to. It is delicious. And now I want to go get some beef jerky. Now hear this too, because I learned this. Uh, it also depends on what the deer are eating. So if you're, uh, if, if you're hunting on or next to a big soy field, they're eating pesticide sprayed soy and that's filled with estrogen and, and all those things. And that's what's going into your meat and that's, what's going into your body. And I just, I lucked out. I got a friend who's uh, there's an organic farm on one side and he owns an organic apple orchard. And that's where I hunt. He lets me hunt his orchard. And so I'm eating these apple fed. (laughs) It is sweet. It's like, there's a slightly sweet flavor to the meat and not like in a gross way, but like, in just like, Oh wow. There's, there's something really different about that. And it's, it's apples. And if you, and I read all about it, I was read about like, it's their diet is your diet. So, right. Well, the old adage, you are what you eat is true for deer as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess I am a lot of venison. Well, <laughs> let's just not go hunt. See what I told you, man, about going off the rails on this podcast. We started out, we started out talking about dads and, and our kids. And now we're talking about losing weight and deers. So I'm going to get us back to the DC talk thing real oh, quick. Okay. Yeah. So DC talk was my first concert when I was a kid. What, really? Yeah. Oh. So it was fantastic. They came out to my church, played a big show at the church. They were like the big Christian hip hop rock band. And yeah. it was awesome. So Kevin Max was like my favorite member of the band, right? Like probably yeah. the most talented dude I've ever seen. So I followed him through the years and ended up kind of becoming friends with him on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter we are probably going to get him on the podcast. So yeah. he's got a new band out called sad astronauts band. Okay. It's like, it's the coolest thing I've ever heard. What a name, sad astronauts. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Would you say that their music is out of this world? But it's no. definitely out of this world. Wait, wait. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, hear that? so he's like totally not Christian anymore. Huh? Like it's, it's very like, he's got a whole new philosophy on like talking to him has been very interesting. Yeah, about it. That effect on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say it like that. I should say some Christians can have that effect on people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. And on uh, that note, I can only imagine, you know, how you grew up. Yeah. And you know, we, it's different today, but you know, I, I wrote a song, um, should I play, can I play another song for you guys? Yeah, let's yeah. do one more song and then we're going to wrap. We're actually going to go a little bit over on this one, but that's okay with me if it's okay with you. Fine with me. So um, I, this, this kind of goes back to that, a little bit of that conversation because um, in this song, I talk somewhat about my, I talk about my kids in this song as well as my, like the way I grew up. And like we are, I told myself, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to homeschool my kids. I'm, we're not, I'm not going to be the church going family dude um but we're homeschooling our kids <laughs> uh, and for very different reasons than i was i had growing up but um that you know we my wife's got her master's in, in education she was a, an instructor at the university of minnesota she's she's going to be the most amazing uh, homeschooling mom and um but you know we and we, we as a family we still go to church um it looks different than and it did when i was growing up and the the approach is very different and and whatnot so but um you know we we still kind of are there and so I, I was what's funny about that is i was having i was thinking about all those things and i was realizing that i used to think i knew the answers to everything and i used to think i had um i was right about so many things and the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing I don't really know anything. None of us and do. Whatever I set my mind to when I was younger, uh, I'm, I'm realizing I was usually wrong or at least off. And um, and so uh, this is my new one of my latest songs. This will be in my new record. This one's called The Older I Get, The Less I Know. I grew up in a family Six kids in the middle of a big old tree And all our friends walked a different road We went to church on Sunday and school at home I used to hate it so long ago But the older I get, the less I know 
When I moved away, I got to see the world. I learned about the bottle and sun-dressed girls. I saw forgiveness as an old tall tale. And I thought if I don't make it on the radio, then I failed. And life was best if it never slowed. But the older I get, the less I know. Nothing is black or white, it's gray. Everything changes and that's okay. Everybody's left or right, it seems. But none of them are looking out for you and me. Just gotta be honest and give away love and walk to the beat of your own damn drum. Or maybe you should take everything that I'm saying and let it go. Cause the older I get, the less I know. But they can call me no different still. Cause you can find my bones on a couple hills. I used to think I'd reap what I sow. But the older I get, the less I know. Nothing is black or white, it's gray. Everything changes and that's okay. Everybody's left or right, it seems. But none of them are looking out for you and me. Just gotta be honest and give away love And walk to the beat of your own damn drum Or maybe you should take everything that I'm saying and let it go Cause the older I get, the less I know Big brown eyes staring up at me Look like their mama and they're just as sweet. A million questions on their tongues. And so I make up an answer for everyone. They'll do the same when they're all grown. Cause the older we get, the less we know the older I get. Ain't that the truth, man? Dan, you're a pretty friggin' talented guy, man. Oh, thank you. That's very kind to say. Yeah, well, it's the truth. And <laughs> I'm a radio guy, and uh, I know talent. Call me crazy. And uh, that is good. And speaking of, there was a line in there that struck a chord with me. Probably not anyone else except a radio guy, but you want the line about being put on the radio and how important that was for you in there well when we're done with this podcast we're going to exchange some information and uh you're going to send me hopefully some of your music and i will put it on my radio station and you will be uh now put in rotation boom done (laughs) (laughs) i've got a radio station man it's called pirate radio um it's streaming only um but that's the way of the future and the way of the now anyway i have a song about a pirate Oh, yeah. oh, you even do your your Johnny Depp impression pretty well right there. Well, oh, I could I could do that for you. Hold on. Hold Where does the rum go? Hey, listen, Mike. Uh, if you, I can send you my song. It's about a pirate. It's about me. We can make it happen. Let's do it. Be on the radio. <laughs> you even got the mannerisms down, man. Well done. That was by my buddy Robbie. He does a bang up job. That was that was. Oh, dare I say better, Robbie? Mm, I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah, dude, I would love to, uh, you know, let me give you on the air the premise of the radio station, um, although I don't adhere to the rules of corporate radio, so this really doesn't matter, but um, the premise of the station is pirate radio, tunes for living the dream. It's the music you would hear if you're sipping on a a martini, you're sipping on a drink in paradise, whether you're in the Caribbean or South Florida, you're at a tiki bar. So lots of Buffett, lots of reggae, lots of uh, paradise country. And I throw in a crap ton of classic rock and, and popular it's, it's a smorgasbord of everything, but that is the gist of what it, and the theme and all the stuff in between is very yards pirate. Um, (laughs) 
but yeah, if there, if there's anything that, you know, off the top of your head, a few of those songs, then, you know, I'll get them. We'll do talk about that and I'll, I'll put them on there, man. Rotation. Like I said, I don't, I don't adhere to any rules. Corporate radio is going to say, uh, well, you're going to play 500, 600 songs in a playlist to me. That is, that isn't right. You got to play a whole heck of a lot more music on a radio station. You know, who cares if it's not heard of the whole point of radio is so it can be heard. Well, I love it. That's what I love about like a lot of these, um, you know, streaming radio stations is that a lot of these curators and the, the folks like yourself, um, it's kind of, it goes back to the harkens back to the old format for radio where it was the power lo- lay, lies, lied, laid, the laid, power was, the power was laid. <laughs> the power was with the DJ yeah. and you, if the DJ liked your song, they would spin it and they had the power to make or break you. And that was, there was something special about that, but now everything's corporate and everything's yeah. And then nobody, nobody has a say. They I, just, I did it for 20 years, man. And it's just, it's, don't get me wrong. I loved that job and working for those radio stations. It wouldn't yeah. be where I am today without it. But at the same time, the older I get in this case, the more I did know. <laughs> So, you know, I decided to start my own thing. But, yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. With that being said, Nick Martin, do you have anything else for us? Got nothing else. That music was amazing. Stoked. Can't wait for the episode to come out. Can't wait for people to see the new video. I've seen the new video. Yeah, Yeah, he actually, I have seen the new video. I forgot. He sent it to me a few weeks back when we actually booked you. Um, So I actually, it's neither here nor there. Mr. Dan Rodriguez. I want to say thank you so very much for taking time out of your schedule. Um, the little bit of time that you do get to spend at home now that you're back in touring and doing shows with your kids, yet you, you allowed us to uh, come inside your home and, and we get to find out all about you and your role and your journey as a father. It's much appreciated, man. Yeah, I wish I could invite you to my house. This is my studio. I'm four blocks from my house. Right oh, now, but- okay. But eventually we're out. We just sold our house. We're trying to move out to the country. I want to build a studio and a pole barn. And so it will be that way. It will be that way soon. All right. Well, we will. uh, We always ask if we would love to have you back on one day in the future. And maybe that day in the future will be in said new studio in the pole barn. It will be. Let's hope. All right. Thank you very much for coming on DadCast. Dan Rodriguez. Everyone check out. Oh, yeah. Socials. Where can everyone who has never heard of you check out all things Dan Rodriguez? Uh, probably danrodriguezmusic.com is the best place to go because then you can find my Instagram, Dan Rodriguez Music, and, and Twitter and, and Facebook. And everything's under Dan Rodriguez Music, so it should be easy to find. There it is. And go catch a show. If he's ever in your area, you will not be disappointed, obviously, if you just watch this episode. Everyone else, thanks for hanging out and joining us on DadCast. We will see you next week. See ya. Peace. Cheers. <laughs>